Well, let's pray together, and then we'll dig into uh, 1 Corinthians. Lord, thank you for what's been shared. Thank you for the ways you've been answering prayer. You are so near, Lord, whenever we call upon you. And thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray, Lord, we call upon you now. I pray that you'd work during this time as we open up your word and talk about spiritual gifts. I pray that you would teach us. I pray that you would um, answer questions, remove barriers or obstacles. And I pray that you would do a mighty work, Lord, both in terms of our understanding and then would you bring your gifts upon us, I pray this morning, in a mighty way. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And uh, as I always like to say, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We'd like to bring one to you so you can look on with us. Uh, Be bold. 1 Corinthians 14 is on page 960 in the Bibles we're passing out. So junior hires, why are you in with us this morning? Brandon has had an awesome class he was ready to teach you. But this morning, as we're talking about spiritual gifts, we want this to be a morning where you can... Be here and, and, and just feel like you're, you're part of the adult church, the, you know, you're part of the church because you are, if you're loving and trusting Jesus, junior hires. And we want you to, to be encouraged and to be stirred up in the reality of spiritual gifts. So maybe some of you are going to be receiving spiritual gifts this morning because anybody who loves Jesus from four years old to 400 years old or whatever, but if you know and love Jesus, God can come and use you no matter what age, no matter what status, no matter where you are, he can use you in the body of Christ. And so we want that to be something that you see and tangibly experience this morning as we are talking about spiritual gifts. But let me put this in a framework. If you ever find that you're discouraged or feeling kind of low, I just thought about this a couple weeks ago, it is very helpful, at least I want to encourage you along these lines, try it out, it's very helpful to stop and reflect on what has God done for you in saving you. Through Jesus' death on the cross, because he died to pay for sins. There was a a time in your life, you can look back on it, maybe you can see exactly when it happened, when he brought his power upon you and took out your heart of stone and gave you a brand new heart, a heart of flesh, which loves and trusts Jesus as your Lord and Savior and treasure. And so that moment when you turn to put your trust in Jesus, amazing things happened. All your sins were forgiven, first of all. Past sins, present sins, future sins. I mean, just let that rock you afresh. All of your sins completely forgiven. So you look ahead to the future and never anywhere in your future will there be anything of condemnation or judgment or punishment from God. Everything God, in fact, he's, the Bible says he's rejoicing over you to do you good with all his heart and all his soul because of what Jesus did. It's not because we're good enough. It's not because we've been so spiritual. It's because Jesus paid for all of our wrong. His power is changing us. We trust him and we're forgiven. Then God adopts you into his family. So you're part of a new spiritual family, brothers and sisters. And he is your father now, which means that he was going to be providing for you. He's going to be guiding you. He'll be comforting you. He'll be strengthening you. He'll be satisfying you with his own love and presence. The Bible says that he gives you the gift of his Holy Spirit by whom he makes the presence of Jesus real in our hearts from time to time so we have his love poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We sense his very presence and are filled and satisfied. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And then, coming to our topic for this morning, by the Holy Spirit, 
He gives us gifts at various times to, to touch other people's lives, to speak to other people's lives, to minister to other people. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. A few weeks ago, I was just praying, you know, Lord, we're going to have these three weeks on elders and deacons, which we just finished last week. When should we head back then into Isaiah? I'm looking forward to getting into Isaiah, but I, I felt one morning that the Lord impressed upon me really strongly that he wanted us to take one morning before we get back into Isaiah and talk about spiritual gifts. Now, here's an illustration of why. I read this on a blog post Friday morning. It's a pastor I know in Idaho, and uh, he described a time when he experienced a powerful spiritual gift and God worked through him in somebody else's life. There was a woman in this church who was being aggressively recruited by a cult leader to join this cult, which took people away from Jesus Christ and just enslaved them, put them into bondage. And she was being aggressively wooed and drawn by this cult leader to join this, this cult. And people in the church were praying for this woman. And spending time with this woman and, and pleading with her and loving her and listening to her and sharing scripture with her. But as much as they prayed and as, and as much as they pled with her, she was just being drawn farther and farther away from Christ into this cult. Nothing they could do. But one morning, this pastor was reading Second uh, Peter. And he came upon this phrase in Second Peter about false teachers whose Eyes are full of adultery and who seduce weak people. And the moment he read that description about the false teachers that Titus was facing, all of a sudden, it's like God just brought into his mind the the, the knowledge that this cult leader is sleeping with this woman. They're having an affair. And he's doing that in order to draw her into this cult. He just knew. He didn't like put two and two together. He just knew that this is what was going on. So he made an appointment with this woman and humbly and gently asked if, if that's what was going on. And she just broke down, weeping, and said yes. And she confessed that before the Lord Jesus. He poured his love out upon her. And from that moment, she was like freed from this, this pull of, of this cult that she was being drawn into. Now see, that's a powerful illustration. I read that, I thought, that's one picture. It's a perfect picture of why spiritual gifts are so crucial because the pastor couldn't have figured that out on his own. He didn't put two and two together. But God, by the Holy Spirit, gave him that knowledge of what was going on in the situation. So when he spoke into it, she was freed, drawn back into the body of Christ, drawn back to Christ, and she's there, part of the body now, thriving and, and, and healthy and whole. We here at Mercy Hill Church are passionately committed to pursuing spiritual gifts. All these spiritual gifts are described in the, in the New Testament. You read Acts, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, Romans chapter 12. They're all through here. We're, we're convinced that spiritual gifts, God is still working through spiritual gifts. And so we're passionately committed to pursuing spiritual gifts here when we gather Sunday mornings and in our home groups, and during the week as we're at the workplace, as we're in our neighborhoods, as we're with our families. And so what I want to do this morning is, is take a morning to stir up spiritual gifts in our midst so that I can do a little teaching on it, open it up for some questions, because some of you may have some like barriers from past situations or whatever, open it up for some questions, and then take some time and pray and ask God to bring spiritual gifts upon us so that we can learn by 
by experiencing and doing together. Just asking God if he would come and, and, and do that in our midst. See, we're from very different backgrounds uh, here at Mercy Hill Church. Some of you are from a background where spiritual gifts were overemphasized in maybe an unhealthy way. And so every sickness had to be healed and every sin was a demon and everybody has to speak in tongues. And, and that's not helpful. But some of you are maybe from that background. You're thinking, ah, you know, that was a bad background. That wasn't very helpful. Others of you maybe have a whole different background where spiritual gifts were not really talked about, neglected. And so you've just thought spiritual gifts is like natural abilities and talents that you just use. And it's just kind of an everyday, ordinary thing. Well, there's both of those we want to pull together and, and find what the scriptures teach. And so we've got very different backgrounds here. And I'm praying that through this morning, little teaching here, we'll be able to get some questions answered and, and, and lay a strong foundation for us to be able to pursue spiritual gifts together. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. I want to start with this text here. Look at what Paul commands to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth had been abusing spiritual gifts, practicing them in ways that were not helpful. And it's interesting that Paul does not say to them, stop your practice of spiritual gifts. Look at what he does say in verse 1. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So we're to pursue love, 1 Corinthians 13, the whole love chapter, this is all from love, and as part of pursuing love, we're to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now what spiritual gifts is Paul talking about here? We know prophecy, he mentions one, but, but what spiritual gifts besides prophecy? And to answer that, look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. He gives a list here so that we can see. This is not an exhaustive list. There's other spiritual gifts as well. But here we get a sense of at least these he certainly has in mind as he brings his command in chapter 14, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12, starting verse 7. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So if you love Jesus Christ, you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, Lord, and treasure, junior, higher, senior, all in between, then to you is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then he lists some possibilities. For to one, verse 8, is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Now, utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, probably that's referring to one of those times when the Holy Spirit spontaneously brings you wisdom or knowledge that you couldn't otherwise have known, like with the pastor in, in Idaho, possibly. Verse 9, to another, faith by the same Spirit. Now this is not saving faith because this is just given to another. It's not given to every believer. This is the spiritual gift of faith where, some of you have experienced this, you have a time where you all of a sudden know something that God's going to do. Not by putting two and two together, but he just gives you that knowledge by the Spirit. You know, and you're able to pray or to act, and God does what he told you he would do by that gift of faith. End of verse 9. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. That's self-explanatory. To another, the working of miracles. That's awesome. To another, prophecy. We're going to come back to that in a moment. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. That's where you sense by the Spirit if something is from the Holy Spirit or if something's from an evil spirit. The distinguishing between spirits. To another, various kinds of 
tongues, this is the big controversial gift, that's just simply praying in a language you've never learned. You're praying in a language you've never learned. And then to another, the interpretation of tongues where you know what that is if that word of tongues is spoken publicly. So this is not an exhaustive list, but clearly if he lists these in verses 7 through 10 of chapter 12, then in chapter 14, verse 1, when he says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, those are at least some of the ones that he has in his mind. Does that make sense? So when you unpack the word spiritual gifts in chapter 14, verse 1, what he mentions in 12, 7 through 10 is what he's talking about. But notice in 14, 1, he says, especially that you may prophesy. So he not only wants us all to be earnestly desiring spiritual gifts, he especially wants us to be desiring prophecy. So what is prophecy? That's the one I want to kind of focus on for the rest of our time. What is prophecy? Okay, there's at least two crucial truths to to get about prophecy. The first one is that prophecy involves a revelation from God. Look at chapter 14, verses 29 through 31. These are the three verses that I have found to be most helpful to understand what the gift of prophecy is. So if you're wondering, what is the gift of prophecy, or what what verses does Pastor Steve go to to understand what it is? Right here, chapter 14, verses 29, 30, and 31. We've got it up here on the screen. So I just want you to see Paul's train of thought. So look at what he says. Start in verse 29. He says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. Verse 30. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, notice that the word prophets or prophecy occurs in, verse, in verses 29 and then in verse 31 also, which shows that these three verses are talking about prophecy and prophets, but the word prophecy doesn't, take, doesn't occur in verse 30 because another phrase is used to describe what prophecy is. Did you catch what that phrase is? If a revelation is made to another. So that's what prophecy is. It's where a revelation is made to someone. Now what that means is that prophecy is not where you think to yourself, what might be a helpful thing that I could share with someone? Okay, that's a beautiful thing to do. God will powerfully work through that. Don't stop doing that. Keep doing that. But that's not prophecy. Prophecy is where God spontaneously, out of nowhere, I mean from him, brings a thought into your mind. In fact, here's Wayne Grudem's definition of prophecy, which I have found very helpful, very simple. By the way, Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, which Brandon Ramazina is reading through now, is, is so helpful because he writes very deep truths with very simple language like this. Here's his definition of prophecy. Prophecy is telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. So God spontaneously brings it to mind. You didn't put two and two together to think of it. He brings it into your mind. That's what the pastor in Idaho experienced. He was reading the scriptures and boom, this thought came into his mind. Here's what's going on in this scenario, in this situation. So prophecy involves a revelation from God. Now second, prophecy must be evaluated by scripture. This is so important. If you study church history, you'll see many, many times that there's been groups who have believed in the gift of prophecy, but then they were led away from the scriptures 
by what they thought were prophecies, were genuine prophecies, but they weren't. Because genuine prophecy will never lead you away from Scripture. Okay, because the Holy Spirit who inspired this is the one who brings prophecy. He wouldn't bring something that contradicts his authoritative word. So every prophecy has to be weighed. It's like you put, like we're, we're, we're under the Bible, okay? Every prophecy has to be weighed, evaluated by the scriptures. Look at chapter 14, verse 29. We were just there. You'll see this. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. He says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. So how do you weigh a prophecy? By comparing it to God's word. If a prophecy contradicts God's word, it's not from God. Okay, just a little quiz time to make sure you get this. What if I were to say, I feel like God's telling me that Jesus Christ is not fully God? Well, you would immediately know that's not, that prophecy is not from God, right? Because that contradicts what the scriptures teach. Are you getting this? Okay, is this, you, you all know that Jesus is fully God, right? Okay, are you, hello church, okay, so, okay, thank you, I'm glad. Uh, it's crucial that we have our sole, final, ultimate authority be in the scriptures, and that everything that happens by way of spiritual gifts be weighed by the scriptures. That will honor the Holy Spirit. Okay, so two things about prophecy. It involves receiving a revelation from God, and prophecy must be evaluated by Scripture. Okay, so with that in mind, look at 1 Corinthians 14.1 again. Just let it sink into you what Paul is saying. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Okay, now why should we do that? Why should we earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy? Don't raise your hand, but look at your desires over the last month. How many of you have earnestly desired spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy? Don't raise your hand, but I would guess that many of us have not. Okay? And that's why I want to visit this. Why should we earnestly desire spiritual gifts? Now, the word earnestly desire, the reason I got this picture of a hamburger up here is because that word earnestly desire, it, it's a very strong Greek word. It can mean to strive for, to crave, to be very concerned about. And I just thought, okay, well, so think about how you feel about food when you're hungry. Okay, that, that, that's earnestly desiring. I hope none of you are hungry right now. If you are, put it out of your mind, okay? But if you're hungry and you're thinking about food, you're earnestly desiring. That's what Paul has in mind here. He wants us, when we come together on a Sunday morning, among other things, he wants us to be saying, Father, would you, would you bring me gifts of your spirit this morning that I could share with the person sitting next to me or when we open it up for spiritual gifts that I could speak out to the congregation? I'm earnestly desiring this. Please, would you bring me your gifts? Or when you go to home group, you're, you're, among other things, you're praying and saying, God, would you please speak to me through spiritual gifts this morning or this evening at this home group meeting so that I can build up my brothers and sisters and care for them and help them. So why should we earnestly desire spiritual gifts? Three reasons. First is because we love people. Okay, He says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. It's not to make a name for ourselves. It's not to be noticed. It's not to have a reputation. It's because we love people. I mean, it's like this morning. 
There may be somebody sitting a whole different side of the room than you're on right now, and God could give you a spiritual gift to speak that would profoundly comfort, encourage, and strengthen them. And they could just be set free. They could be encouraged. They could be powerfully filled. Just by you there saying, Lord, I'm earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. Now, now some of you don't really believe that God could do that through you. You don't. And that's not true. God can do that through you. If you're trusting Jesus, it's not because of how good you've been this last week. It's not because of how long you've walked with Jesus. It's not because of how much of the Bible you've memorized. Those things are all good. But you, by trusting Jesus Christ, you're immediately forgiven. You're clothed with his righteousness and he can pour out his gifts upon you. And you, junior higher, 20-something, 40, 80, you could be used powerfully by God to speak heart-changing, soul-liberating truth to someone here in the body of Christ. Do you get that? This is so crucial. And I want us to be stirring this up afresh and more. So that's one reason is because we love people. Second reason is, second reason we should earnestly desire these gifts is because God gives these gifts in response to earnest desire and prayer. Look at verse 13 of chapter 14. He's talking about the gift of interpretation here, but there's a crucial lesson in this verse. It says, Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. So see, there's, there's a connection between our praying for a spiritual gift and God giving a spiritual gift. Why should he pray for the power to interpret? Is because prayer will be answered by God. God will answer prayers for, Lord, give me a spiritual gift this morning. Give me a word of prophecy. Give me something that I could speak to someone that would be helpful for them. God will answer that prayer. And so all else being equal, the more we desire and the more we pray for, the more we will see God do. All else being equal. Third reason is just simply this. It's because Paul commands it. Paul the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, stands before you, Mercy Hill Church, he stands before us and he says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially if you may prophesy. Thou shalt earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Paul commands us. That should be reason enough. Now, two other questions. How should I share a spiritual gift? Let's say that in a few minutes... Uh, when we're here and we're asking God to bring his spiritual gifts upon us, let's say that he spontaneously brings something in your mind. It could be a scripture. It could be just a truth. It could be a picture. You aren't even sure what it means. How should you share that? Okay. My encouragement would be to share it humbly and tentatively. Don't, you know, thus saith the Lord. Okay. Don't do that because... That's what Old Testament prophets, New Testament apostles, that's how they speak, because they're speaking scripture truth. We're just sharing what we think God has given to us, and so you want to share it humbly, and you want to share it tentatively. You say something like, I think maybe Jesus wants me to share this. I think maybe God brought this into my mind. Um, would, you, would you weigh it? Which is the next question then, and that is, how should I receive a spiritual gift? Let's just... Here's a scenario. Let's say somebody walks up to you at home group and says, I think God told me that you're supposed to move to Southern California. Okay? How should you respond to that? You say, thank you. And then you say, uh, let me, let me, I'll bring that before the Lord. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do. 
And then you bring it before the Lord. And if that is really from the Lord, then the Lord himself will confirm that to you. Okay? Powerfully, clearly. And if he doesn't, then you just say, well, Lord bless that person. I don't know what was going on, but, you know, we're moving ahead here. All right? I'm not moving to Southern California. So are we clear on that point? Because God will meet you. He will give you wisdom. He will guide you. So when you receive a word, you want to say, let me weigh it. Let me weigh it by scripture. Let me pray over it myself and God will confirm it to me. Our conviction here at Mercy Hill is that, is that God has poured out his spirit and he's given us spiritual gifts and that they are vital. They're not everything. We want to pursue them earnestly and we want to pursue them biblically. One of the reasons I didn't pursue spiritual gifts for so many years in my life was because all the models I'd seen of how they operated just were distasteful to me. I thought, well, if that's what it means, I don't want really anything. That just doesn't, that just doesn't seem right. It's unbiblical things going on here. But there's a biblical way to pursue the gifts of the Spirit. And that's what we're committed to doing here. Picture like this. We're at war. Not against flesh and blood, but against supernatural powers, the Bible teaches. And we need every weapon God's given to us. How can we afford to neglect some of the weapons? Because, oh, you're controversial or whatever. We can't do that. Just like the pastor in Idaho. Powerful spiritual weapon was given to him to see this woman freed from this cult. And so we're committed here at Mercy Hill Church to, to pursuing the things of the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 26. This is a description of, of New Testament early church gatherings. And it's fascinating. It says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. That's how they gathered. And we want our gatherings to have some of that in, our, in every one. Home groups, Sunday morning. So there's a chance for you to come and bring spiritual gifts that we can share and watch the Lord minister to each other and then also at home groups as well. Okay, now, let me just throw this question out. What are some of the things that, that, that you think hold us back from pursuing spiritual gifts more earnestly? What are some of the questions? What are some of the fears? What are some of the barriers? Is that a helpful question? Okay, okay, so fear. All right, so how, how do we deal with that? Um, I think the best way to deal with it is just to come to them and just say, I think maybe God told me this, why don't you pray about it? And um, you're being obedient. But that's a, that's a real one, fear. How about just fear of sharing something publicly? Anybody, anybody deal with that? I mean, I'm sure some of us do. It's like, ah, that's like my worst nightmare. I mean, home group is bad enough, a group this size would be like trauma. Um, if I could just appeal to you, you know, we're, we're just family here, like Joe was saying earlier, and uh, we, we want to be a family of brothers and sisters, and we love each other, and we care for each other, and please don't, if you receive something that you think might be a spiritual gift, don't hold back from sharing it, because somebody here needs to hear what you've received. Somebody here needs that. Mm. Yes, I can relate to that. So the, is this really from God or is this just like my own like 
last night's pizza or whatever it might be, right? Just something like that. So, so how do we deal with that? I would just encourage you, you're before the Lord, your heart's right, and spontaneously this thought comes in your mind that, that it's in accord with the scriptures, okay? And then just share it tentatively and you'll get feedback from the body, okay? You'll get feedback from your home group, you'll get feedback from the body here. I've never regretted sharing something I thought was from the Lord. I haven't always been right, okay? But I've never regretted it. I said, Lord, help me here. Okay, but we can relate to that one. Here's what I want us to do. I want us just to pray right now. And and let's ask, ask God to teach us so we learn by doing. And so I just want us to pray and... uh, Let's ask God to bring gifts upon us right now and then we'll share them and see how they work and, and we'll learn by that. So let's, let me pray for us and then we'll ask God to come and do that. So here we are, Lord, and, and uh, we've taught and, and now I pray, we pray together by your mercy, because of Jesus, not because of anything we are, would you come and, and build up members of the body here by, by bringing gifts of your spirit upon us. I pray that you would do that, Lord. I pray that right now you'd come. Since we're waiting on you, I pray that you'd move. I pray that you'd speak to us. We earnestly desire your gifts, Lord. Lord, any, any sin that needs to be confessed, we just lay that down. Lord, help us to overcome fear, just feelings of awkwardness. Just in... in in accord with your word, Lord, we want to ask you, would you, right now, we earnestly desire gifts, especially prophecy. So come and work. So just listen. Just ask the Lord, is there anything you want to say to me right now uh, to share that somebody else might need to hear, that the whole body might need to hear? Just ask, and then listen. And if the Lord brings you nothing, that's totally fine. You've, you've done what, what you're supposed to do. And if the Lord brings you something, then you can share it. And God will build up his people. So bring your power, Lord, right now, I pray. For the glory of your name. So what are we sensing from the Lord? Again, if you hear nothing from the Lord, then that's you, you've done your job, okay? And you, just, you can rest and be at peace. But if, if, some, if God gives you something, so something spontaneously comes into your mind, it's a revelation, then go ahead and share it. Maria, what do you got? Um, the second to the last song, God gave me this word. Okay. Um, it's in Galatians five seventeen to 18. Now, as, as she reads this, be listening because this is going to be a verse. This, this is true, it's from the Bible, but this is going to be specially pertinent to some of you right now. That's why God's having Maria share this. So go ahead, Maria. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then and then Galatians 6, 8. I don't know how this is related, but it is somehow. <laughs> um for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And then 
God gave me the word that, um, cause I always, I always think of this phrase when I'm, um, discouraged by doing what's good and I know what to do, but I don't always do it. <laughs> so, um, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. So when I, when I read this, these scriptures, it made me think of, um, my struggle with procrastination and how I know I, I usually avoid things I don't want to do and I I usually you know ask God please help me to follow through because I really don't my flesh does not want to do this and so I um I, that didn't come to mind when I I got those scriptures but somehow they're related in some way and it might not be for another person like my struggle with procrastination, but with something else. Something else. So, um, good. That's what I got. So, how many that. of you does that resonate with? That that's something that you needed to hear this morning. Let's just see a, a show of hands, okay? All right. How many of you can relate to the fact that there's something that you want victory over, and there's this battle going on in regards to it? Okay. See, this is this is really powerful. So, again, that's a truth. It's always true. It's always true. It's always true. But this morning. God wanted some of you especially to hear that. Galatians 5, 17 and 18, and Galatians 6, 8. Okay? Very, very encouraging. We might come back to that. What, what else in terms of spiritual gifts? What else have you, have you sensed? Dave, go ahead. Worship service today, uh, something that has been kind of stirring around me a little bit for a while, um, was brought into focus, and it's very much uh, similar to what Maria shared, and that is that the Bible has a vast array of instruction and commandments and things that we ought to know and do. And it's very, very difficult coming into the kingdom of God fully. It's really difficult. But every time we um, kind of stumble and stagger around and think we've done something right, and then it turns out maybe it wasn't, and back and forth with our Christian life, um, there is a single central focus that we can turn to that will help us um, bring this difficult situation into focus. And that is that um, God did not leave us alone. He sent his son, and his son was a messenger to us. And he uh, came and he lived with us, and he died and suffered just like we do. He literally lived a life. God came and lived one of our lives before us and died but there was a power working in him that raised him from the dead and um, that's confirmation uh, Marie just read scripture that that power that raised him from the dead is alive and working within us and um, who knows how, what, what difficulties uh, went through Jesus' mind like ours as he, as he suffered and did all he had to do but uh, we live our lives a little like him uh, we are living before the Father every day, and uh, and this was confirmed for me today in the in the worship service that uh, with all the myriad competing things that go on around me and the the life I'm living, there's that one single thing I come back to. He loves us. He sent His Son to die, and He raised Him from the dead. And unlike any other uh, thing that we can point to, that is an utter miracle and there's much that springs from all that so every time we're concerned about whether we're on the right track 
we can go back to that central fact. God loves us. God loves us. He's with us. He came. He came. God with us is what it means. God with us. And he came and lived and died and then was raised from the dead. And we will be too. Okay. So some of you especially need to hear that. Okay. I just love, I mean, it all comes back down to this. God loves us. He came. He died. He was here. We can know that. And that's just a special word God wants to bring to some of you right now. You can know that. It's very powerful. Okay, anything else? This is good. Daniela, Mike up here. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, earlier when Ian was leading um, during the Lord's Supper, he's mentioned something I can't even remember right now, but immediately the scripture came to mind. Um, I think it's in First Samuel, but I can't remember the uh, reference. But it says... Um, Men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I felt like I was supposed to share that. So the simple truth that man looks, looks at the, the outward, outward appearance, appearance, but God but looks, God at, looks the at the heart. So again, the reason that the Lord had Daniela share that right now is that some of you need to hear that. We tend to look on the outer appearance. God looks at the heart. So who's, who, who says that? that's something I especially needed to hear this morning? Man looks on the outer appearance. Okay, God looks on the heart. Okay, back there. Anybody else? That's just encouragement for Daniela. So somebody back there, Daniela, needed to hear that. Thanks for sharing it. Okay, something else. What, what, what else is the Lord? Just a couple more here. If we have maybe one or two more. Brandon. Um, what I got was um, share Jesus with those around you, with your coworkers, with your family, and... For my situation, um, I'm learning that it's not as hard as I make it, but that's what I got. So share, share Jesus with those around you. Okay. All right. That's very simple. That's exactly, that's the thought that spontaneously came in your mind, a revelation from God. That's biblic- is that biblical? Yes. It's always true, but God wanted to bring that to Brandon to have share with us so that, because some of you need to hear that especially this morning. What was it again? Share Jesus with those around you. So who does that especially resonate with? And we all know it's true, but, but like there's a special, like, that's something I needed to hear this morning. Okay? Couple here? All right. All right. Okay, it's powerful. So do, do, do you see, we're, we're just simply in the simplicity of trying to obey the scriptures. We're trying to say, Lord, here we are. We want to learn more about spiritual gifts. So would you come and would you, would you work in our midst? We don't want to put anything on. No pressure, no, no, no weirdness. Just humble listening to the Lord and sharing what he brings us and seeing how he works. And so my, my appeal to your Mercy Hill Church is pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Sunday mornings, take some time, maybe Saturday night, and just pray and say, Lord, what would you want to give me for tomorrow morning to be shared during the spiritual gifts time of the service? Sunday mornings when you come here, just say, Lord, give me something for the body. Give me something for my brothers and sisters. When you go to home group, same. Lord, give me something. Maybe even during the week, you're praying for the brothers and sisters in your home group. Lord, speak to me something for this brother, for this brother, for this sister. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And then in terms of workplace, neighborhood, family, friends, pursue love. And earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And you will see God working in those ways. 
We've seen God working this morning. There's been edification. There's been comfort. There's been encouragement brought. And we will see that happening more and more as we keep pressing in to pursuing love and earnestly desiring these gifts. So let's stand together. I want to pray this over us. And then we'll wrap up. So Lord, I pray that you would teach us more. I pray, Father, that we wouldn't just forget about this as we walk out the doors, but that for the sake of your glory, to glorify Jesus in our lives, for the sake of our brothers and sisters in the body, for the sake of lost people who need to see the reality of Jesus, we want to earnestly desire these gifts. And Father, we pray, would you pour your gifts out upon us? In ways that are in sync with your scripture, we want to pursue these things biblically. We want to be wise and mature and thoughtful and blood earnest in how we pursue these things so that we can see our brothers and sisters built up and we can see lost people brought to faith for the glory of your name. So I pray that you would do this, Lord. And we ask this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.